but you have to be willing to sit in it and you have to be willing to allow that in and give it yourself permission to have those kind of days because they happen. And sometimes maybe depending on the season of life that you're in, maybe they're happening with more frequency than not. I will say this, if you find them happening with increasing frequency and you feel like you just can't win, instead of always thinking about what do I do to be happy? Sit with it for a second. Welcome to the All In Podcast, where we dive into the mindset, habits, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. In All In, you can expect real and raw conversations with athletes, coaches, and leaders on topics like mental health, mindset, psychology, training, wellness, habits, and much more. We hope to leave you feeling empowered with motivational stories, relatable experiences, and actionable advice. And I know that I personally walk away from each episode learning something new. In this episode, we are joined by Corey Camp. He's a former D1 swimmer and the founder of Forever Athlete. Now, last year he was on episode 86, where we talked about being a forever athlete, running a marathon with no training, vulnerability, and the influence of your environment. Now, in this episode, we talked about going all in with sharing your story, mindful content creation and social media use, how to make friends as an adult. I definitely needed this one. His experience being single for five years and learning to love himself and his number one secret to happiness. So without further ado, let's go all in. Corey, you're on here for the second time. How's it going? We are all in, baby. We are fantastic. I appreciate you having me, Natalie. It's always good. I, and we just I, spent 15 minutes catching up before even recording. So I can't wait for this conversation here. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I was like, I, I always should hit record like the minute the conversation starts because I feel like we dove into a lot of cool things on content and different things. And I mean, definitely we'll touch on that because I think since the last time we talked, which for those listening, that was episode 86. Um, yeah, you've, you've been diving into the content creation game how's that been going it's been absolutely crazy i mean though if you had told me i guess that was about a year ago right that we sat down for the first yeah. time um and if you had told me then that i would be actually posting on tiktok as much as i post now every day i'd be like natalie get out of here no way um that's not for me like i see the use of the world and these other people that are posting on there but i'll never be a tiktoker and then What's been really cool is really at the start of this year, 2022, something shifted for me in the sense of I really found this confidence in me where I didn't have to do it like anyone else is doing it on there. I could just try things out and have a good time with it. And that's really where I've been taking it the past three, four months here is just I want to try some new things. I want to try some new ways of telling a story. And maybe even telling the same story three different ways and seeing what sticks, how does it relate to people? And now I've just really viewed this as this game of, wow, what can I do with what I have, my unique talents and everything? And how can I relate to the person that's watching this video? And so cool. We were talking earlier, too, of how many people actually see this stuff. I never thought that would be the case of something that I put out there and created. Um, and now I'm like, finally pinch it. It's over the, I'm pinching myself and the, okay, cool. Now, how do I recreate that? How do I do that a little bit more consistently and just continue to fine tune it? I'm just getting that constant feedback. So it's just been a really fun game, honestly. I love that. I, I was saying the other day that, um, like, I was like, I just worked out outside by myself 
and posted it. And two hours later, 200,000 people have seen this. I was like, how is that? It's so, it's such a weird world, but I think it, it's really cool. Especially like, I know the messages that you post are, you know, impactful and helpful to other people. It's not, you know, just fluffy stuff or like a thirst trap or whatever it is, you know? So like to think that you can impact that many people must be, must be really cool. Yeah. And for a while, like coming from the fitness space originally with my background, like I thought it had to be the thirst trappy stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that was the stuff that did really well on an Instagram. So therefore logically thinking you'd be like, okay, if I just threw my shirt off and did a a certain lift or an exercise and filmed that historically speaking, it should do really well. And I see so many fitness people struggle with that as well, or they just, they try to just throw three moves for a better core Mm. or whatever on TikTok, and people on there want more. They want more like substance and value behind just three moves. Not saying you can't share three moves for a better core, but what if you told a story about how maybe you didn't have such a strong core at some point in your life? Now, all of a sudden, now you're really relatable to whoever's watching it and they can uh, they'll actually, your view time will increase and all that good stuff, as you know. <laughs> mm, yes. Yes. I love that. I like the deeper impact. I think that's something that really I struggled with too, like about Instagram, because mm. that's not my thing. And then fitness and even the CrossFit athlete space, you know, there's people with like a million followers because of the way that they're posing and taking pictures and different things. And I'm like, that's just not the audience like that I want. Like it really grosses me out having those type of followers and it's just not it's like it's just not me and so I found like that helped me find myself on TikTok because I saw that it was a different platform where like I'm talking about mindset and different things and people are resonating I'm like oh my god I don't have to like do this thing that this other you know athlete is doing and saying oh you all have to do this and it seems like you've had a similar experience yeah it was super interesting I recently had this video go viral um about two weeks ago now where the whole hook was i've been single for five years and gary v took it and stitched it and it's gotten millions and millions of views at this point it's crazy and obviously with something like that there's been a flood of dms and messages (laughs) into my instagram and my following and all this and it's really interesting to me because i can see exactly who actually watched the entirety of the video and who watched the first three seconds and just heard the hook and saw, okay, here's a guy eating. At, literally it was, it was times time lapse of me eating lunch outside it was like the first video clip. I'm like, all right. So here's the side profile of this dude eating lunch saying he's been single for five years. Let's slide into his DMS. Be like, hey, do you want to change that? And I'm like, ah, you guys are really missing the whole point. Like you're not actually watching the entirety of the video, but it means so much more to me when, you know, maybe five people or 10 people would follow me or message me afterwards with truly thoughtful responses to it. Just saying, wow, I thought I was the only one that has felt this way. Like I also have been doing this for a while and I couldn't put my, like, couldn't put my words to it. You just summed it up perfectly. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. That's the cool part about the content. And it might require me to be a little bit clickbaity and and catchy at first, but you know, that's the nature of the hook game, right? As you're trying to get views to actually grab people's attention and give them a message that's actually worth hearing rather than just giving them that message with no hook, that's going to miss everyone in that process. That makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's, 
the, the impact is like the coolest point. And I think we talked a lot about impact on the, the last time that we, we had a, a did a podcast, but it, isn't it so cool, those messages? And that's something that I, I try to say to any like aspiring content creator or an athlete who's getting on social media. And they ask, you know, how can I assess my content? Like, how is it doing well? Mm. You know, and I'm like, did like those messages like keep those messages and like there's days where i'm like oh, i'm so tired like i just had a huge training session um i did film this video and i like made a commitment to myself you know to to edit it up and post it today and i think about like you know that person who might need that or that person who specifically asked me for that piece of content and um it, do you find like getting those messages kind of just tells you that you're on the right track and like you have purpose in what you're doing and and your life and the messages you put out a thousand percent. I think as athletes, we crave feedback. We want uh, not from a like validation standpoint, but we just want to know we're all on the right track. We want to know that we're going the right direction, right? We see it in our strength training where if realistically or hopefully our numbers are going up right each time, not each time that we step into the session, but over time, we're getting nice. strong. <laughs> yeah. Every time you're PR and fantastic. Let me know when you figure out that kind of programming. So I would <laughs> love to get on it as well. But we crave that feedback, right? We want, we want just this feedback letting us know that, hey, you're on the right track. You're doing a good job. And it's no different when you step into the creator role. Like we want feedback. There's a reason why we create. We're not creating, especially people like you and I, we don't create from a space of, hey, look at me, look at everything that I'm doing. What I really admire about your content, and I try to do a lot in mine as well, is I always want it to be viewed as, I want to show you what's possible. Mm. And I hope that you watch the 10 seconds, the 30 seconds, however long this video is that I put up there. I hope you watch that and you walk away inspired with a new form, new form of belief in yourself to go make that happen in your life. You now see what is possible. And we used to only get that right through commercials or watching the, the pro pro sports on TV. The fact now that you can get that from people like myself that are just sitting in their room by themselves in their house in Venice, California right now, but it's going to reach millions of people again, is like beyond me. Like you said earlier, you could film a training session solo and millions of people see it. It's absolutely bonkers. But getting that feedback, I think, is crucial in helping you keep going and keep creating and coming up with new ideas and being curious about, okay, well, when I post a certain kind of story or tell it this way, this is the feedback that I get versus if I tell it this other way, it's a lot more negative feedback. Okay, maybe I should stop doing that. But I'm constantly referring back to those messages too. And just especially the days where I don't even want to look at my phone. You know what I mean? It's just it becomes a chore. If I feel it that way and I absolutely have to create, like I have something coming up that I want to promote or need to promote for my business, being self-employed, as you know, is kind of like make or break. If, you, if you're not showing up, no one else is going to do it for you for better or for worse. I'll look to those messages to be the, the motivation that I need to like actually get it done. And then other times also knowing like I can, I can take a step back and give myself some grace and I just don't have to create today and that's okay. Mm, 
Yes. Those boundaries are so important, like even with yourself. And I think what you said about thinking of how someone's going to interpret that content and like how you want them to leave. I think that's so important because it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's something I think about as well. And I'm curious your, your thoughts on this. Did that come from, you know, seeing the downsides of social media and this comparison game and wanting to make sure, you know, that people didn't leave feeling like that. Cause I know for me, for example, there was a point where, you know, people comment on my videos like, I want to look like this or I want to do this. And I'm like, I don't want people to feel Mm. that comparison of like, like they're not enough because they're comparing against, you know, someone who's been lifting for 10 years for their sport or something like that. Right. And so I've always thought of how I put things to make sure that it's leaving people feeling empowered, like they can do this or they have the tools to do this or inspired versus I do feel like that, you know, there's a negative aspect of social media and there's, the traditional influencers back in the day, although I think TikTok is changing this, were the people who make you feel like you're in the comparison, not empowered that you can also do so. Yeah. I like to tell a story in a way that it empowers whoever is watching it to picture themselves right there with me, Mm. that they're going along this journey with me and make it super relatable. And really where I think that comes from actually doesn't have anything to do with stepping into content creation, it really stems back to that's how I was as a leader um, in swimming growing up with that being my background. I look back on some of the teams that I was on, like my junior and senior year of both high school and college, I was fortunate enough to be a captain of both of those teams for two years, uh, which was a really special honor, but I was never the kind of leader. It was super interesting In, in college. They wanted me to be uh, the vocal leader, the rah-rah guy at the start of the meet that was going to huddle everyone up and be like, all right, guys, like, let's go out there and do this, whatever, give a super motivational speech. And I realized over time that wasn't me. I was very fortunate the way that the, the swim event lineups were. My events were always the first thing of every session of the championship meets and of dual meets. So I always prefer to just turn to my teammates and say, all right, guys, like we've done what we can up to this point, right? Like there's nothing that I can say right now that's going to change anything of how you perform today. Why don't we just go out there and take care of business and know what we know how to do? And if you need some, you know, inspiration or some help believing in yourself, come watch me. Like I'm going to go first and I'll, I'll go do what I need to do and take care of my business. And I expect you to do the same. And if you need anything, I'm here for you. And that's how I view social media. Like I want to tell these stories through that lens of here is me doing something. Here's me running 48 miles in 48 hours, not in a, I'm better than you and I can run further than you. That's quite honestly, not the case. I I loved that video and the comments I got there that was like, that was not that hard of a challenge. And the (laughs) initial urge of me was like, I'd like to see you do it. And I was like, Oh, you're right. Like it's not that hard of a challenge, but mm-hmm. to some people it is. So I hope that this video just shows them that it's possible. And I hope you have a great day. Um, taking, you know, the positivity route and leaving them with some kindness rather than trying to get into some Twitter fingers back and forth, uh, arguments in the comment section, but that's my goal. And I think that's really where that comes from is really my upbringing in swimming. And I looked at how I was a leader then, and that is how I've stepped into being a leader now. And I guess the jury's out if I'm doing a good job or not on it. I think the feedback that I'm seeing 
is I'm on the right track. I think I can always do a little bit better with it. But yeah, I'm, again, I'm just having fun with showing people what's possible because I'm learning what is possible at the same breath. And I'm taking them along that journey with me. I, such a great perspective on, on leadership. And I really love what you said about that second thought thinking. That mm. is definitely something I've experienced as well, especially in the early days where someone's like, I lifted that at 15 or like this, you know, and I'm, <laughs> it's so easy to be triggered by those things. And then mm-hmm. thinking, wait, that's my ego, you know, and, and it's not like, you know, can't beat yourself up for having that first thought. I think it's normal, right. You get defensive a little bit. And then it's like, wait, what's the second thought? What's my real purpose here? What's the idea? And it's like, I don't need to prove to someone and say, I used to be able to do more of this or like, this was a bad day. It's like, no, like, how is that going to make that other person feel if I'm saying, oh, like I could actually do way more or like this and this, like then they're feeling comparison and then they're never going to actually understand the message of the empowering message that it was. So I love that you, how you reframe that so that, it kind of, you know, it puts your ego aside and it mm-hmm. reframes it into the light of, you know, your mission and, and putting that first. That's, that's awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's trying to fight that initial urge to continue to escalate that situation. Right. Uh, social media can be a very easy place to trash talk and go back and forth and, and the banter. And look, sometimes that's fun too, right. Especially <laughs> with your, especially with your friends. Um, but I mean, like I see it with your content all the time. A lot of the messaging that you are putting out there is around trying to empower females and sport and making them feel confident in eating the carbs and training heavy and all of these things. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And every time I see the comments, I'm like, I'm ready to like go in there for you <laughs> and be like, yo, dude, shut up. Like, let her spread this message because for every, and then I have to also remember for every one person guy, probably most likely that's getting triggered by that. There's going to be 25 young female athletes that are seeing that message that are going to leave being like, okay, yeah, like I can do this. I have a newfound confidence. And that's what I'm finding too, with my style of content, like trying to share that guys can be open and vulnerable and honest and talk about feelings and all of that fun stuff. There's going to be people that come into the comment section that are going to be like, yo, just like suck it up, bro. Like it's not that bad. You don't have it that hard. My favorite was I had, and this was like a a good highlight moment of, I had a video where I said, no one ever tells you after sports, how hard it is to make friends, how, how tough it can be to find those teammates again. And that's a lot of what forever athlete is built off of, right? Trying to solve that pain point and that solution for people. And someone commented, I never realized that this could be a struggle for athletes. But after watching this video, like, I appreciate it. Like you humanized that population and I can understand a little bit more. I have a little bit more empathy towards them. I was like, score. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming off of, you know, in the past few years here, like we just had some own bios kind of like polarized the world into two camps of yes, go her for honoring her mental health. And man, she should just sit you know, just suck it up and continue to compete. She's the the goat. She's the greatest. We got to keep watching her. It was cool to now fast forward a few months, almost a year later, kind of introduce some maybe arguments to have people just get on the same page for the first time in forever, maybe. Yeah. 
So important. And I, you know, you mentioned building friends or making friends. And that's, I, I wanted to ask you about that because I think like you made that move to LA. I, did I hear that you're also, you're moving again? I am moving again. Okay. Uh, I'm moving to Austin in about a month, actually. Amazing. So I, I have definitely, you know, it's something I've struggled with, especially being in a solo athlete, kind of, you know, just training, you know, in the pandemic, just with one training partner. Um, and I find like as athletes, we're just used to, we make our friends because of circumstance, like we're on the same team or so let's say we're in the same school. How, what are your tips for somebody to, to make friends after that stage in life or just outside of those circumstances? Yeah. I mean, it's a totally different game, right? When you knew where to show up first off in those environments that you just uh, talked about, like school, obviously you're showing up there. You kind of have no choice. So by circumstance or by byproduct, you just are given friends or teammates, even in solo sports uh, growing up, like you still had training partners and everything. So you're just kind of given them. My biggest piece of advice to people is One, when you're trying to, when you move to a new city and you're trying to find those new friends, find that new circle, take a look at, it's going to sound so cliche, take a look at your core values. What is truly important to you? And then find activities in environments that express those values. So meaning, yeah, maybe a quick, easy way to go make friends is to just go to the bar, post up there and talk to everyone. Maybe that's not your scene. Maybe you're super introverted and that's going to be causing you more anxiety and stress than anything else. That would be me. Like uh, there's no way I'm plopping me into a new city and go sitting at a bar and being told to talk to 10 strangers. I'm getting, I'm sweating just (laughs) thinking about it, honestly. But if I recognize that, for example, health and wellness, health and fitness is a a very strong value. I I hold that in very high regard and safe to say most other athletes do. I know you do. Checking out some local gyms, like where can I go work out? One of my favorite places to meet people now is just a sauna at the local gym of wherever I'm, I'm training at and just having a conversation of like, Hey, like, how are you? Who are, who are you? Um, as you know, one of my favorite questions is like, describe yourself without telling me what you do for a living. I want to actually get to that deeper level. So that's what I'm doing is identifying what's important to me and then finding areas that express that a lot of my journey doesn't include alcohol. And now, so the bars aren't a scene that I'm going to do that. I'm not going to breweries. I'm not joining the beer leagues and all of that those have their value. They're great. They're just not aligned with me. I'm not saying anything poorly about them, but that's, that's what I'm doing. I mean, that's my plan. As soon as I get to Austin, I am very fortunate that I have a solid community and friend group there already. Most of why this move is happening is I actually feel more connected with them in multiple areas, not just professionally, but personally too. And I want to just be closer to that. So I'm I'm a little bit spoiled there, but that's That's really what I would recommend. Find your core values, find places that express it. And then when you are talking with people, try to try to get really good and and you can practice this with your current friends or family members. How can you find a common connection and do it as fast as possible? Almost like play a little game with yourself over that. That's why I love connecting other athletes because it's actually way easier. The moment that I find out you were a snowboarder your whole life and you still play and you still compete in CrossFit, I'm like, all right, cool. We have probably three hours worth of stuff to talk about just from that alone. And 
through that, then our, our conversation can take other dimensions. And next thing we know, we have a, a full-blown friendship, not just a, oh, it was an acquaintance that happened to do something similar to what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that move to Austin, that sounds amazing. And I love that tip for, for making friends. Definitely something I'm going to, I mean, as things open up here, things have still been kind of closed. Um, then it'll be a little bit easier. I find like, for example, I trained with my one training partner, but now he's able to have classes, like hopping into them every so often. Um, even though, you know, we have our own programming and different things that we're following, you can meet new people. And once he opens a gym at the end of the year, like that's going to be a whole new, you know, group of, of local people. So finding that common interest on the values. I love that, especially the word, you know, values. And we're going to get back to that because I'm at, I've decided today I'm adding a new, you know, final few questions. Questions and it's going to touch Love on it. that. But one thing that I wanted to ask you is you posted about the number one secret to happiness, which is allow in unhappiness. And I wanted to get you to share more about that. Mm, I love it. Uh, it's always been fun now popping on these podcasts and seeing what pieces of content like struck the host and what I get asked about. Uh, I, I absolutely loved creating that one because that thought came up to my mind as I was going for a walk one day and I was like, man, we as just a society, we, I think we struggle to actually find happiness because we're constantly fighting this unhappiness. We constantly trying to avoid it. Right. We're going to, we see all this messaging of go do things that make you happy. And you should, it's almost the toxic positivity camp in a lot of ways that I see as well. What it, I mean by that of allowing in unhappiness is just like any quote unquote negative emotion. It's just a part of your experience. Like we're going to all have positive emotions and negative emotions that happen in our, in our life. And we don't really have a choice in that. That's just the human experience. That's part of what happens as we are here on earth. However, we do have a choice of how long those feelings and emotions stay with us and last with us. And what I found is the more that I like resist something, the more it persists in my life. So if I'm continuing to resist feeling unhappy and I'm constantly saying, I don't want to feel unhappy. I don't want to feel unhappy. Odds are I'm actually calling in unhappiness or something into my life at some point. And I'm going to really struggle that when it is there to work through it in a healthy, productive manner. So when we allow in unhappiness, when we allow in loneliness, when we allow in sadness, whatever other insert, whatever negative emotion you want to say, what that's doing is it's allowing yourself the space and the permission to actually work through that feeling and work through that emotion because emotion is energy in motion. It's going to work through your body. And if you allow it to do that, it passes way faster. And guess what? You can be more happy afterwards. You can be less sad. You can be less lonely, whatever feeling again, insert whatever you want, but you have to be willing to sit in it and you have to be willing to allow that in and give it yourself permission to have those kind of days because they happen. And sometimes maybe depending on the season of life that you're in, maybe they're happening with more frequency than not. I will say this, if you find them happening with increasing frequency and you feel like you just can't win. Instead of always thinking about I, what do I do to be happy? Sit with it for a second, work with it, 
I got a new word for you. Ready? I, I coined this yesterday with a client. Try journaling, voice journaling. Cause I think journaling. <laughs> Wait, can, I actually love voice journaling, but that's a heck good yeah, word for it. Vernaling, man. I like totally misspoke on a client call and they were like, you have to trademark that. So <laughs> feel free to take it up in Canada. We'll, you we'll can make an app, a vernaling app. Vernaling and it like app. tags different words you say so that it puts them into folders. So like, oh, when Boom. I said this, but, oh, there you go. I like where your head's at. Let's, we'll, <laughs> we'll connect offline on this idea. We'll, we got a new business going. But vernaling or journaling, whatever, however you like to process and get through emotions. I'm a big, like, I like to just talk it out. But sometimes there's not someone else that I can talk it out with, right? Whether your significant other is not there, you don't have a significant other, you don't, you don't have friends like that that you can speak to. Feel free to pull out your phone, start vernaling, start just talking to it and saying like, look, this is what happened. This is my experience. This is how I'm feeling. Those are really three key points. You know, this is my experience. This is how I'm feeling. This is what's currently going on. And that will allow you to then make the next best choice forward. It will allow that, that energy to just pass through you. Otherwise, your body just keeps the score. It's just going to keep holding on to this emotion. And you and I both know that that's not great either. It's going to manifest in a lot of different ways, especially if your nervous system is irregulated. We can nerd out on the whole neuroscience behind all that if we'd like, but the, the more you can allow that emotion to just pass through you again, finding what ways work for you. I'm a big voice journal because it's just, it's so much easier and there's less overwhelm too of pulling out the journal, grabbing the pen, sitting down and be like, okay, now what do I write? This kind of just like stream of conscious, let it happen. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, I love that. And I love the burdling. Um, I'm a big fan of that. And I think that's something, yeah, I think anyone listening, like that's just such a, a hack. And it's something I found it really helps you like unlock some of those emotions, like self-therapy in a sense. Mm. And you can just like work through those thoughts as if you were talking to somebody, but like you're talking to yourself. The other day, I well, yesterday I posted a video about like, why do I wear hoop earrings like when I train and that's something I started a couple of years ago I took like my mom's hoops and then I just like haven't ever taken them out other than I went on a snowboard trip recently and I did switch them to smaller ones because I was a little bit concerned <laughs> I was like maybe I shouldn't be training with larger hoops but um I recorded a video because I had an idea for that video. So I like recorded it like vernaling mm. and then I worked through, you know, all the things I wanted to say, but then I started like, I started crying. I was like thinking through of like how I pushed back my heritage and all these things. And I was like, wow. And that that's kind of even pushed some of my best content. Like if I do ones about mental health or different things where I found, you know, I'm working through that whole process through the vernaling concept, we're going to keep repeating it. So it's going to become an actual word that people use. And yeah, not only, you know, can it create content or whatever, but it can really be just such a healing process. Cause you're working through that. You're bringing up these emotions that you didn't know you had often. Like I don't go into recording those things thinking I'm going to be really emotional about it. And then that's just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost, it's giving yourself permission in that space to allow yourself to actually discover the true root of whatever you're feeling. Right. Cause I'm sure it, started off with maybe it was just the hoop earrings and you were noticing that you changed, you know, to smaller ones or whatever. But then the more you speak into it, the more you kind of play around with this emotion. That's the way I like to, to really picture it is that we're just playing around with how we're feeling mm -hmm. because introducing play there, it makes it sound 
less intimidating and less serious because it's not, it, it shouldn't be this overwhelming and intimidating thing. I'm not saying it should be super fun either. Like it's going to suck at times, especially when you're really, really feeling down in the, in the dumps, but give yourself permission to play around with it. It actually allows you to like truly untangle this puzzle. I almost like remember back when the, we had the corded headphones and they would get all tangled up in, in your pocket. And every time you would go to try to listen to music and maybe it would cut in and out because it was still, you didn't get one or two of the kinks out of there, but the, the audio quality sounded phenomenal. Once you did get all the, the kinks out of it, it's no different than when we are trying to play around with our emotions. If we do it long enough, we're going to get all the kinks out and the music's going to sound beautiful. Life is going to be, be able to be seen through a whole different lens, a much clearer lens, but it oftentimes requires us enough patience and space to actually sit there and feel that rather than, oh, okay, whatever. It's, it's half-assed. It's good enough. We'll just plug it in and go. Mm. Well said. And I really like what you said earlier about sitting with it. Um, and I wanted to ask you about the video that you mentioned, the number, you know, for people who are you sharing that you've been single for five years and you went through that, that whole process. And I think for a lot of people, especially in their twenties or maybe older or younger, you know, maybe they've never been in a relationship or they've been single for a long time and maybe they feel self-conscious about that, or they've never, you know, they hear from everybody around them, you know, love yourself, focus on yourself. Maybe they went through a breakup and that's what they've been told, but maybe they have no idea where to start. You know, what, what process did you go through with that? And what tips would you give for somebody who's on their own and looking to start that process of learning to, you know, sit with it, sit with it and and love themselves and learn more about themselves and make best use of their time being alone. Yeah. I want to first acknowledge a couple of things. One, like, it can be very overwhelming and feel like you're not seen and understood, especially on the internet when people are telling you, yeah, just like love yourself. Yeah. Okay, great, dude. (laughs) Like, thanks. But how? So I'm so glad you, you asked this question. I try to break it down into three simple steps that really helped me out was, and this would be something super tangible. People can take away. Step number one is writing down a list of everything that you could possibly think of that when you are doing, you feel the most like you, you feel the most lit up, you feel fulfillment, you feel enjoyed, whatever feeling like you really feel just like you, whatever that it's going to look different for everyone. Right. We, again, core values are different for everyone. So maybe I really enjoy hiking, but you absolutely hate hiking. Like that wouldn't make your list. From your list, what I want you to do then would be devise it into really three categories. First category would be these little things, things that could be done if you strategically prioritize them every single day. And maybe they don't, you don't have to do all of them every single day, but that's, that's what we would call your baseline non-negotiables. And they're made up from things that you enjoy. Your second category would be some larger things. Maybe you can only do these once a month or once every two weeks. Like I'll use hiking as my example. I really enjoy finding new trails and going on a a longer hike. I would love to be able to do that every day. It's just not really possible, especially because I sold my car here in LA. So Mm -hmm. I would be paying for Ubers to and from trails. It's going to get expensive. It's not really feasible. Could I commit to two hikes a month? 
Absolutely. That's what I'll do. I'll commit to two hikes a month and try different ones out. And maybe I'm doing them solo, or maybe I'm bringing a friend along with me and we just have a good conversation. That's up to me and, and my discretion as well, depending on how I'm feeling. Then that third category is these bigger things. Travel is usually one of those for people. They really love travel or they love a staycation or whatever showing up for themselves, but it's, it's too big realistically again, for them to do even once a month, maybe they're, they're balling on a budget. They can't really <laughs> afford to, to go to our favorite place, Bali or some somewhere like that in the world every single month. It's pretty far to fly once a month, but it would be nice. <laughs> it would be, it would be fantastic. Right. But it's definitely reasonable to be able to say that you could maybe commit to doing one of those a year. So that's step two. You got your three categories from your, your big list. The third step is take those and go into your calendar. And I want you to actually set dates with yourself, actually set time aside in your schedule to show up for yourself. So those little things from category one, we're looking at how can I sprinkle those in throughout my day to day, my week to week? What does that look like? My larger ones from category two. Okay. Are they going to go the second Saturday of every month or, you know, Maybe the third Friday is when I take myself out to eat, whatever that looks like. And then that bigger trip or that bigger excursion, whatever that is, where is that going? Put that in the calendar. And this only works if you do that last step. If you just leave it be, let it be a list. It's another stupid journaling exercise that every self-help person out there will tell you to do. You need to actually schedule the time in to show up for yourself. And that's where for me and what I've seen time and time again, self-love, confidence, just belief in you are worth showing up for is built through constant little commitments to yourself. And it looks different for everyone. As an athlete, you probably get that from committing and following through going up to the gym in your training session every day. That builds your confidence as an athlete. It's no different than someone anyone listening in, starting to commit to themselves, maybe it's something super small, taking five minutes for themselves without distractions, remove the stimulation and just sit with how they're feeling for a second. Mm. It's a fantastic form of self-love. You're giving yourself the space you need and the space that you deserve, but know that it looks different for everyone. I love that because I think, you know, being your own best friend, best partner, like it's so important to build that relationship with yourself. And you don't get that from, you know, not holding yourself accountable and, and keeping those promises. I like to say like the best form of self-care is keeping those promises to yourself when maybe, you know, you need to take a recovery day or when you're feeling down, you know, that there's certain activities like walking or whatever, that's going to make you feel better. But if you say, like you keep falling short on those promises of when, okay, when I feel like this, I know I'm going to do this because I always feel better after, but then you keep, you know, saying, mm -hmm. oh, well, whatever tomorrow or this, then that makes a relationship tough, right? Because if you had a partner that was always doing that and not showing up for you, like you, you've put that into perspective a little bit. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And I feel like we could go on forever on so many different topics. So we're going to definitely have to do this again, but I want to ask you the final 
questions. Um, and so I, I think it's perfect because you're on again that I'm changing them up a little bit and I'm testing it out because I know last time I used to ask, you know, a question of impact looking back in one word and I want to change it a little bit, give people a little bit more freedom. So, um, I'm going to ask that, but that's like number two and three that, that have been added in here, but let's go to the first one, which is out of all your daily habits, what is the single biggest game changer for you? Mm, that's a great question. Time off my phone at the start and the uh, end of my day. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm going to have a great day if the first hour and the last hour, no phone. Love it. Um, what? Okay, so here, now we're moving into the, the new ones. The most important value in your life in one word. Mm. Is follow through one word? Follow through. Yeah, you know, this is a hyphen, I think. Okay, cool. Follow through. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Cause I used to ask people the same, but you know, looking back, you know, impact in one word. And I find that one word often was a value. And mm. so I wanted to reframe it a little bit. So I like it. Um, okay. So now moving into the reframed impact question, which is you're at the end of your life. You're looking back on all you've done. What is that impact that you wanted to have made in a short, very short sentence statement? Mm. A great question. I want people to feel empowered to live and write their story. Hmm. Amazing. Or vernal it. Vernal or their vernal story. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can vernal it after or before, but they also have to live it as well. Yes. Important. All right. And the last one is what does all in mean to you? It's that follow through. It's, it's saying you're going to do something and actually following through on it and showing up for yourself time and time again. So I, I love this show and I, I love everything that you're doing because it gives me an opportunity to practice that myself too. I love it. And I really appreciate you spending the time and I'm sure we'll do this again. And for those listening, episode 86 was the first episode that Corey was on. Um, and he is the founder of Forever Athlete, a former D1 swimmer. I'm sure if you listen to the intro, you know, all these amazing things, but where can we find you and follow you? Natalie, again, thank you for the space and the opportunity. It's always good to come on here, catch up with you, and we'll have to have you back on Forever Athlete Radio because we've rebranded since you've been there. Right, it hasn't right. been Forever Athlete Radio. Uh, people can connect with me, Instagram, at Corey Camp, TikTok, at Forever Athlete, and then foreverathletela.com. We might have to change that domain, but for right now, foreverathletela.com is the website for all things from merch, book, podcast, you name it, it's there. I love it. Well, thank you so much again for spending the time sharing your knowledge, your insights, and for being your authentic self on the internet. And especially, I think what I'm most grateful for is that perspective that you have of, you know, thinking through how people are going to interpret your content and making sure that, you know, your best effort, that they're not playing that comparison game. You're meeting them where they're at and you're trying to empower them and, and get them to go through this journey with you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you like the podcast, the best way to support it is to leave a review and share it with a friend. Truly leaving a written review, letting us know what you liked and want more of, and sharing the podcast so more people can benefit is the best gift you could possibly give us. Thanks again for listening. I'm so grateful for your support, and I'll catch you on the next one.